Well, hello, and welcome back to another scary episode of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen LeBooth. <laughs> I got some great stories for you today. I got some lighthouses and then some more scary Christmas stories. Because, really, what's Christmas without some Halloween sprinkled into it? A little mystery, a little murder, a little ghost, a little something. So sit back, relax, hit play, get you a blanket, some nice cocoa or coffee, and chill and relax and get ready to get the crap scared out of you. Okay, it ain't going to be nothing that bad. But I got some good stuff today. But hey, how's everybody doing? Another edition of Ghost Stories Told from the South, baby. I'm your host, Stephen Booth, baby. Man, we're getting close to episode 100, man. This is episode 84. Can't believe I'm still chug, chug, chugging along. And I want to say thank you to everybody out there. I have uh, about five podcasts. All of my podcasts, this one right here is doing the best out of all of them. So I just want to say thank you. My numbers are good coming up and all that stuff. So, hey, hey, I'm getting over 200 uh, downloads a month. I think that's good for a little old independent country boy doing this out of Mineral Texas. I mean, it's just cool. Sorry for burping in the microphone there, kiddos. But, yeah, man, hope everybody's having a good week at work. Hope you're enjoying the holiday season. So, yeah, I hope everybody's good in the hood. I know it's good over here. So, but I guess I'll quit my rambling owns there and we will get on with our uh, first stories. Okay, I'm going to go over Lighthouses of New York. Now, this tells a little bit of them, but then I'm going to break down further into them. So, after I do, after I do these brief little stories on these, um, I'm going to deep uh, pick one and dive deep into it. So be prepared and be ready. <laughs> and you might have heard of some of these. There's only three lighthouses in New York. And you might have heard of some of these before when I did like a top 10 list <clears throat> of the East Coast uh, uh, lighthouses. But our first lighthouse is the... Ex- Extension Rock, Extension Rocks remain one of the most grisly and haunted lighthouse history. According to legend, when America was British was a British colony with growth with a growing revolutionary spirit, the accompanying British force was trying to avoid further inflaming the rebels. <coughs> Look <clears throat> condemned looked to uh okay anyways they took the rebels the guys that were part of the revolution they took the uh command prisoners to extension rock the soldiers chained the prisoners to the rock at low tide and when when and then watched as they as the tide rose to carry out the death uh, penalty. Basically, they, they drowned them. They tied them to the, to this uh, rock at low tide. And then when high tide came, they'd fucking drown, basically. 
A very slow, shitty death. I would hate that. While awaiting their fate, the terrified prisoners would force would be forced to look at the skulls of those who went before him. So basically, when they put you down here, <coughs> they don't even clean the bodies up from the last one. They just leave the shit there, chain you up, and bam. <coughs> so not only are you... <clears throat> You know, flipping out because you're fixing to die. You're sitting here with all these other dead fucks. Yeah. Oh. Sorry about that. Okay. The exalted prisoners extended their revenge when the British British soldiers uh, pursuing George Washington hit a reef and perished. <laughs> the legend of the extent of the legend of the extension rocks was was uh, horrifying. Horrifying that happens assigned to this post did not have to sign a con uh, contact and could request and receive an immediate transfer whenever they felt uh, other overwhelmed. So they would give you the option when you got to be here at this lighthouse. Uh, hey, uh, we know this place is haunted and shitty. If you want to go uh, after a week or two, you can. That's pretty cool. There were uh, many whispered stories of ghostly uh, specters, yet the last keeper denied seeing anything. Although fire struck the engineer, the uh, fire struck the engine room twice on his watch. The first time when the fog signal uh, slowed, the keeper met with a wall of flames while going to investigate. The second time, the roof caught fire uh, out of the blue from an overheated pipe uh, flames while going to uh, investigate. So the... Oh, wait. No, I read that wrong. Sorry. The second time, the roof caught <clears throat> on fire from an overheated pipe. Some believe the ghosts of the uh, condemned prisoners contain taking their continue taking their revenge. You never know. That might be the case. Okay. Let's get ready for number two, our second lighthouse. Oh, I didn't say the name of this first one. The first lighthouse was, uh, dang it, which one was this called? Well, son of a britches. I can't remember now. I think this one's uh, the extension light or something like that. Oh, no. This is the Fire Island Lighthouse. That's the one I just said. Now, the next one. We shall see. Oh, no, that's the second one I'm going to do. I don't have a... I can't find the name of the first one I did. Sorry about that, but it's a lighthouse in New York. <laughs> I'm so funny. Okay. Well, let's get on with the second one. Now, the second one's going to be called the, uh, Fire Light, the Fire Lighthouse. Okay. Okay. The Fire Island Lighthouse. There are two stories surrounding the light. The first tells of one keeper forcing his wife and his child to haul him up to the uh, tower from outside. The keeper refused to climb the tower 
to check on the light where a huh where a person reported uh where a oh a predecessor reportedly hung himself. Some say they can hear footsteps and music in the rooms. Mm, the predecessor killed himself. I wonder if being isolated like that too fucks with your head. It probably does. That's why they uh, commit suicide a lot, I guess. The second story involves Smith and his family who lived in this snug, comfortable stone house. While the new lighthouse was being built, when the project supervisor ran out of rocks, he uh, ordered the keeper to move into a cold, drafty, wood frame house so he could transfer the rocks from the stone house to the lighthouse. The keeper had a child with serious breathing problems and fearing the dampness of the uh, wood frame house, he would further damage the child's lungs. Begged, they begged the project supervisor to allow them to continue to live in the warm stone house. The supervisor refused. And when December cold and furious winds attacked the island, the child became gravely <coughs> ill. Keeper Smith frustratedly summoned a doctor from the uh, mainland, climbing the tower stairs every hour to free the light from the snow and wait for the doctor who never came. Oh, shit. Many people believe hearing the footsteps in mourning is in seeing uh, falling plaster. The, they believe the, that Keeper Smith still climbs the stairs and waits for the doctor. You know, that might be true. That just, he just might do that. Okay, boys and girls. I hope you thought that one was cool, man. Here is our last one. Okay, our last one is the Straightford Shaw's Lighthouse in New York. The Straightford Shaw's Lighthouse is nothing more than a 60-foot granite structure perched above an ocean reef just off Long Island. The head keeper... Left for, or the head keeper left the first assistant, Moral Hulse, and second assistant, Julius Jolster, in a chance of tending the. Oh, Coster, in a charge of tending the light while he went ashore. Sometime later, newspaper reported that Julius, in a fit of rage, attacked Moral with a razor. Moral, forced to defend himself, finally claimed a very calmed, a uh, very disgruntled Julius. Soon after the incident, Julius took an axe, talked himself into the ladder room where he stopped the uh, rotating light, making it possible to warn mariners of in, of intimidation. Intimate danger. Basically, he was fucking with the lights so the sailors couldn't see that there's danger coming, so don't go that way. Uh, where was I? 
Julius, still in distrusted frame of mind, jumped into the ocean and again Morrill bravely saved him. The time Morrill this time Morrill bound Julius in ropes and helped and held him captive until help arrived. Two days later, Julius was taken to the to New York, where he finally uh, succeed, uh, succeeded in killing killing himself. Some believe that the spirit returned to Stratford Shoals Light. The doors can be heard slamming, chairs crashing against the walls, and pairs of hot water reportedly thrown from the stove. Oh, pans of hot water are thro thrown from the stove. The Coast Guard uh, automated the uh, light in 1969, yet sailors passing by reported hearing eerily sounds uh, noisy, noisy, gets noisier the closer they get. So, that's it for them. Now, the store, the one I'm going to break into is of the Fire Island Lighthouse. Now, you might say you just said this one, but this one is like a more in-depth kind of uh, research I've done on it. It's a some stories and stuff so let's dig in okay like i said this is the fire island lighthouse the breeze had picked up the moon high in the sky and the little fire on the in a little fire on the beach was blessedly warm the older gentleman spoke softly and gently led his uh, gently lit to his voice as he uh, re retraced the history of Fire Island and the Fire Island Lighthouse. There seems to be some disagreement about how Fire Island came by its name. There's one camp that claims it's Dutch. The Dutch were about the first people in this area, you know, when they came here, they found four inlets where they could bring in their boats, and the Dutch name for four is fear, is vire, vire. Have you ever seen any of the old maps? Queen thinks indeed, it says queer, but I don't know about that. Thanks indeed hard to read. And of course, it made uh, made no sense to the to the uh, average Englishman who came who came later and it's thought that when they read Veer they mistook it for fire and all and so it began Fire Island oh so basically it's because the Englishman couldn't talk very good or they couldn't pronounce it and there's others who claim that it's from the wreck uh, from the uh, wrecks who are wreckers who are pirates and all but only all but name only they would set a fire on the uh, lee side of the island and a merchant ship would head for the light particularly in a storm thinking they would find safe harbor Instead, they would run aground and come apart here on the island. 
Oh, so the pirates would use that as their advantage. Pretty swift. Get get to the uh, point about the ghost grandpa. A small voice said from the other side of the firing, three little heads were brave, were barely visible, huddled closer together, only their eyes shining from the fiery light in the darkness. Behind them, the Atlantic was bushily gray, the white caps of the surf fluc- uh, flickering and disappearing as they crashed into the beach. Just keep your britches on. We'll get to that, he said. With just a grace of of irritation, the old fellow knew his business. A ghost story by nature short, as in encountered with with a ghost. Seeing a ghost can be like shapes in the light. It's It's gone before you can ever speak their word. A ghost story there can ever speak their word. A ghost story, therefore, by nature, but it fed to the listeners like letting. What the heck? Okay. Anyways, I heard a ding dong and it scared me. Where was I at? Okay, shapes. A ghost story, therefore, by nature, nature, but it's fed to the listeners like letting out the line from a road, rod and reel. Waiting, waiting for the listener to take the take the bait. The first people to live on this island came here in 1653, when a uh, fellow he glanced over at Mrs. Browen and me, Isaac Stan, Stra- Isaac Straightford, <coughs> a fellow out of a fellow out of Babylon. If, mer- if memory serves me correct, built a whaling station and called it by the name of uh, Wellhouse Point. Old Man Stratford, Old Man Stratford, and his boys would haul boats across Fire Island from the Lee side over here to the beach side. They built towers up there on the of a whale, and only man- the Old Man Stratford would shout out. Whale off! Hey, the whale and only man, the old man Stratford would shout out, Whale off! Well, I guess when someone makes you mad, instead of saying, you know, fuck off, you can go, Whale off! After, they'd, after he would say, Whale off, uh, they'd all hell arouse into the, they would all arouse into the boats, and off they'd go. I like to sing you. Off they would go, harpoons, rope, and the whole nine yards, because there was a there was good money to be had in those days from whales. They learned the uh, technique from the Indians of the area, but it was the white man who turned it into uh, car uh, turned it into a business. So they loaded the great fish up with uh, harpoons. Okay. They loaded the great fish up with harpoons and attacked those harpoons were what was called a drogo. A drogo is a barrel of uh, sea, 
of sales seal skin, which has been inflated and then uh, sealed off. And once you got the uh, harpoons in in it, the whale would tear itself out uh, out trying to submerge and stay down. And then eventually the boys could pull up beside and spear it, spear it to death. So basically they'd stab the motherfucker to death. I don't see how, though. They got such thick skin. Then they uh, hauled it up to the beach, all blood soaked and uh, submerged with a uh, bubble and pull out the knives in the saws and go to work. The oil lit their lanterns, of course. They could turn it into a bit of a coin. The bones went into uh, into, com- into comps and such collars. And then men were wearing at the time uh, with umbrellas and later on hoops for women's dresses. Now, by the 1800s, there weren't any more wells close to the shore. Either they had been uh, bumped out or the wells had uh, whizzed up so they wouldn't be hunted. So, wells meant you needed a ship, and the wellhouse point was pretty soon forgotten. But ships were forever running around the island, are sinking off the island in the uh, shallows in the shallow waters. So in the so in eighteen twenty six they decided to build a lighthouse there at the end of the island, right next to the inlet. Over the years the sand has strengthened has stretched itself out, of course. The inlet starts several miles down the beach, but they but they threw the lighthouse up with uh, blue split rock imported and shipped in from the uh, Connecticut River. It was necessary as tall as it was necessary as tall as the one is, just about seventy five feet, and it was eight sided. Hmm. An octagon and a small voice from the darkness that that's right an octagon he said and con- and continued but it was tall enough ships far out at sea oh it wasn't tall enough for the ships out at sea could not see the light and in the fog or bad weather it was all but invisible he looked off into the darkness and our eyes followed and the uh light flashed brightly for for an instant before disappearing again repeating itself in endlessly a half a mile or so down the beach they said they say what spelled the end for the lighthouse was a shipwreck now there are countless shipwrecks up and down these coasts but usually the poor drowned fellows are just Sailors and sailors' lives wasn't worth a uh, pluck nickel. So, that's pretty racist. Wasn't worth a pluck nickel back in those days. If you made, if you made your, living, your living from the sea, you had to expect that at any time you might die from the sea as well. But this wasn't just any feeding the fish this time. She was a uh, society woman with a uh, mouthful of na- mouthful of name. 
Sarah Margaret Fuller, a Cambridge gal from up in Massachusetts, where she was something of a thinking woman. The the first one to admit, the first one to be admitted to Harvard Law as if, oh, if, as if it was called then a school teacher literally critic and uh, a writer herself. Now all those literary types of the day, Emerson. Emerson Thura and even Walt Whitman was a Long Island boy now. (laughs) Uh, I'm an island boy. Shut the hell up. Oh, God, them guys scare me. They're freaking freaks, man. They're crazy looking. <clears throat> but anyways. Island boy long island. Okay. Knew her and knew her stuff. <clears throat> and thought she was just the bee's knees. The old heroic Grayley of the New York Times made her first woman correspondent to come out of the states she went to rome and fell in love got fixed up in the revolution there with a mercius with ever longing name the mass mass the marches gov giovanni the marches giovanni angelo azlai and actually her in the marches got themselves married, had a baby, and decided that coming back there would be a better option than the guillotine or the mob. So they went on the merchant ship Elizabeth. This would have been about 1850 or so. It was a horrible, horrible journey. Smallpox spread to the ship. The captain died. And that left a fellow with most half a brain to steer the rest of the way. And uh, and off course, the Atlantic is pretty unforgiving. Unforgiving to these fools. They got caught in a storm out there just off the beach and ran ran the ship aground. Thinking the lighthouse... Thinking... The lighthouse was the Cape May lighthouse, and so they, th- oh, and so they thought Cape May is okay. So they thought it was uh, off New Jersey. He tells everyone to get ready to be in New York Harbor by daybreak. So they all put on their their Sunday best stuff to go out in, and <clears throat> they basically drowned in it. Uh, anyways, the uh, merchants and the merch and their little boy, Angelo, got washed over the side of the ship, slowly sank to the bottom, and was never found. Now lots of their bodies have washed up, often right here at the foot of the lighthouse. And it's said that from time to time you can still see Maggie. You can still see Maggie walking along the beach looking for her lost manuscript where she was uh, bringing back to New York with her. 
with her and her little boy and husband following along behind. But at any rate, since such a <clears throat> important person had died this time, they decided they needed a bigger lighthouse out there on the island. Friends in high places put the squeeze in Congress and out potted $40,000 within a year. This lighthouse was up more than twice as high as the original. How high is this one? Pretty damn high, they said. <laughs> well, this new one's about 168 feet tall. So, yeah, that's pretty big. Give it or take it a few inches. Maybe the uh, red brick, which you can see if you go inside there, and originally was painted a kind of uh, baby shit yellow. It was real jewel, and it, it was a real jewel in its time. They they suck a they stuck a first order first order of friends lens in it, which sent out its light once uh, once a minute. They used a funk lamp with four con constrict work con oh. It had four lamps with four wicks, which lit up the uh, well oil, lard, mineral oil, or whatever they used. And it was until 1938 that they finally got electricity out there, and a little longer till they got it working as a hurricane came that year and blew the power out for uh, quite a while. <clears throat> you know... I'm going to see if they got really anything juicy on the lighthouse. Let me see here. Okay, let's see what the folks that work here now say. The folks that work here now in the lighthouse and the gift shop say they hear doors slamming when no one else is there, footsteps climbing, and they're uh, crazy laughing as the old keeper climbs his steps. The rope in the uh, hand looking for his wife wasn't coming back. So anyway, the new lighthouse gets built and the story gets lost right about here. Some say the keeper stayed and died there in the uh, keeper's quarters. And now then people still see him wandering about in there. So that makes sense too. A uh, shadow figure in the night piercing the floor is waiting for the doctor to save his little boy. Well, that was a pretty good one. Pretty good story about the island, too. But yeah, I like breaking them down like that for you guys. I know you guys loves it. Alright, well, you know what it's time for? It is time for some Christmas stories. Let me get my shit ready. Okay. Alright, this one is called A Christmas Tree Decoration. What's a Christmas without a little murder? A girl named Juliet is home alone. As she lives with her single mother, who is a nurse taking the night shift. Juliet finished 
decorating the Christmas tree when there is a scratching at the door to their apartment. When she looks through the peephole, she sees a man dressed in a dirty Santa Claus suit. It's Santa Claus. She says Juliet may be only 11 years old, but she's no idiot. She refuses to open the door and threatens to call the police when he doesn't leave. His solution to this little dilemma, an axe. Juliet hides in the closet while he busts down the door. When he finds her, she manages to stab him in the eye with a coat hanger and all goes down and it all goes downhill from there. Juliet's mother comes home and finds that uh, she comes home and the door's busted open. And she's like, what the hell? And the closet's, you know, a wreck. Well, then she looks at the Christmas tree and it was decorated with the pieces of her daughter. Ain't that fucked up? That's like, I'm not only going to kill your daughter, uh, you know, at, around Christmas, but I'm going to decorate your damn tree with her body parts. That's having the Christmas spirit. Pretty creepy, man. Pretty creepy. All right, let's get on with the next one. Okay, this one is Greek goblins. Gobble, gobble, mother. Around Southern Europe, there is the legend of the... Now, I'm going to... I'm probably going to butcher the shit out of this because uh, y'all know I can't read for shit. Okay, this is called the Caron the Caron Canalas Goblins. These little, mon <coughs> little monsters live underground throughout the year and only come up during the 12 days of Christmas. Although some, some say they're only up for the first 10 days, of Zimmera, the dreadful cold, as late December is is freaking freezing. Most say that they are more annoying than harmful, pulling pranks, causing mischief, and demanding piggyback rides from humans. But in Turkey, it's a different story. They'll hang out on the streets at night and ask uh, seemingly ordinary questions to people passing by. If you don't answer correctly, the goblin kills you. The correct answer is Kora, Turkish for black. Another favorite hobby for the Karen Kalyolulis is calling out to people while imitating voices of their loved ones, like the skinwalker. When... Uh, when he finds her, she... Oh, I've already read that, you dummy. Any Oh, where was I? Sorry. People following the voices of their loved ones. One, luring them out into the cold and killing them or letting them freeze to death. Isn't that a nice friend? Okay. We got one more, guys. Okay. Our last one. I didn't know they had this furry little guy. But they have a Christmas werewolf. So watch the fuck out, man, if you go out in the woods to find a Christmas tree. 
I'm probably going to butcher this name up too, but this is a Romanian name. The Prosilius, the Prosiliasi, Prosiliasi are Roman werewolves of ancient love. And they love Christmas. They're like dogs who, uh, they're like dogs who adore winter because they get to roll around in the snow. When they're not killing people, that is, but the uh, werewolves are unique in that they do not reproduce by biting their victims. They're the hairy, whatever. They are hairy corpses of evil men who've committed violent crimes and who just cannot seem to get enough of the uh, bloodletting, bloodletting. And if that's not bad enough, they won't stay dead. After a werewolf dies, it comes back again, this time as a vampire. Now, the third time is a charm and all that. It'll die the third time. But you got to kill it the first time. Excuse me, and then try to kill it the second time. Yeah. Werewolves actually is said to increase during the Christmas seasons, making sense seeing as werewolves are social animals. They're going to get you there. Then, well, sorry, guys. They got to check in on grandma, visit the in-laws and count up how many humans they killed these years and set the new goal for next year. You know, all that jazz. Well, I hope you all enjoyed my little Christmas stories. Hope you enjoyed my lighthouse story today. Sorry if that one kind of took a little rambling and stuff. But, like I said, I'm glad you guys listen. I'm glad you guys are here for me. I'm glad you keep subscri subscribing and downloading. And y'all guys just keep doing what you're doing, man. You're... Helping my podcast grow, and I love it. I love doing this for you guys. So I hope it didn't scare you too bad tonight with all these scary Christmas stories. <laughs> <coughs> but I will see you on the flip side, guys. And uh, remember now, this has been Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am Stephen Booth, your host. We are on Spotify. We are on Stitcher. We are on Pandora. We are on iHeart, Amazon, iTunes. Got our own YouTube channel. So go check all that stuff out. Check out our Facebook. Check out our Instagram. So, alright guys. Love you. You guys be good. Don't be too scary now. We will see you later. This has been a Booth Podcasting production. Boy.